Thank you, Pastor Phyllis. All right, everybody, got your Bible or your laptop, whichever? Turn to 1 John. We're going to start off there. And Pastor asked me to continue in the same vein as what he's been talking about, about the Holy Ghost and tongues. And, you know, they kind of go hand in hand, right? And, you know, I just want to say this um, opening statement that as Christians, we got to be careful to not put the emphasis on tongues, but on the one who gives the tongues. Amen? Amen? It's kind of like the goose that lays the golden egg. Which would you rather have? The golden egg or the goose? I'm taking the goose. Amen. And see, that's the same way it is. Tongues is just an egg, if you will. Right? It, it comes along, but there's a whole lot more that comes along with the goose than one egg. So what we're going to talk about, uh, it pertains to every person, every Christian for sure, okay? It doesn't matter what stage you are in your Christian walk, this is going to apply to you, okay? And we all need to hear and adhere to what the Word of God says concerning the subject. So I want you, I'm just going to give a quick three-minute teaching on the Trinity because you know what? It's obvious that a lot of people really don't understand who the Holy Spirit is, okay? Because you can tell with the words that they speak, it sure seems like a lot of people just believe that the Holy Spirit is the electricity of God. You know what I'm saying? A force, that he's the powerhouse, he's the, the, the electrical current that God sends out to, to work miracles and to do great things. Well, can I tell you something? He's, more, he's not a, just a force. He is a person. Amen? And we got to all remember that. He, he's a person. And you know what? I was thinking just during praise and worship that came to me. He's a person that Jesus delegated to you and to I to be our overseer until we leave and go to heaven. You know, if your parents went away when you was a kid on, out of town... They would appoint somebody to be your babysitter or your whatever to watch over you, right? That's who the Holy Spirit is to you and to me. He's the one that's been assigned by Jesus to assist us, to be by our side, to watch over us, to provide for us, to enable us to do whatever life demands us to, to do. Whatever encounters in life we face, we'll never face it alone because we have him with us. You see, Jesus, how many of you thought, like I have before, oh, how great it would be to be living in the days of Jesus and be one of his disciples, to be able to just interact and be right there in the midst of all those miracles? We've all been guilty, I would say, right? Everybody. How many of you wouldn't have wanted to see Jesus operate in the supernatural? Well, you know what? Jesus made this statement. He said, look, verily I say unto you, it's, more expe it's expedient for you that I leave and go to the Father. And what he was telling them sounded crazy. They said, what? We're going to be better off without you than with you? Are you crazy, Jesus? No, because he said, I'm going to give you another comforter. Another one to be with you who will be with you always. Because Jesus had a physical body and was limited as to when, how often they could be with him and how much he could actually do for them and through them. Right? We have the Holy Spirit who abides in us. Amen. Amen? Jesus couldn't live in them. 
He was with them, but he couldn't live in them because he was in a physical body. Amen. Okay, 1 John chapter 5, two verses. Verse 7, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Does everybody realize that just because they're all three one don't mean they're all the same person? Right? Because I'm telling you, a lot of Christians don't realize that. But it's, it's just like Jesus is God, but he's not God the Father. The Holy Spirit is God, but he's not Jesus. Amen? You see, and that's what I want you to understand is in verse 8, he gives us a real clear analogy to understand this. There are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. Now, years ago in Bible college, I taught on the Trinity, and I didn't understand nothing about it prior to me having to teach it. And God opened up my eyes, and I'll never forget it, many years ago. And you know, he used that verse, and he showed me that the spirit, the water, and the blood have what in common? They're all necessary for our continued existence as a human being. You take away your spirit, the body dies. You take away the blood, the body dies. You dehydrate and lose all your water, you die. Can I tell you the same thing with the Trinity, with the Godhead, as the Bible says? You take away Jesus, there is no Godhead. You take away the Holy Ghost, there is no Godhead. You take away God the Father, there's no Godhead. It takes all three to make up the Godhead. Amen? So, is the Holy Spirit as divine as God the Father? Absolutely. Does he, and here's where we got to really quickly establish this. He is a person, okay? He's not a human being, nor is God, okay? He's not a man that he should lie. But they are persons who have minds, who can speak, who have desires, who have wills, okay? All three of them. And everybody sitting here today has all three of those things as well, hopefully. Unless you've lost your mind, but you, you hopefully got a mind, a will, a mouth. You're able to express yourself. And so you see, that's what we need to understand. The Holy Ghost speaks. If he wasn't, if he was just a force, how many of you ever heard your pew speak to you during church? It don't happen, right? It, an impersonal thing, an object, this, this here can't talk because it's a thing. It's not a person. So you see, the Holy Ghost can speak. He has a mind that the Bible talks about in Romans 8, knows what is the mind of the Spirit. He has a mind, and he has a will. He has passion. He has emotions. Something else everybody in today in this room has got. You know it? Whether good or bad, some emotions are good, some are bad, but we all have emotions. Can't get away from that. You'll always have emotions forever, throughout eternity. Okay? And so does the Holy Ghost. We know that he can be grieved, right? You know, there's, there's a book that I read a few years back. I think the author was R.T. Kendall, I believe. That's the only book I ever read of him. But it was talking about the Holy Spirit. And it, the whole book was centered around comparing a dove to a pigeon. And it was really interesting. All the different characteristics. Because you know, have everybody seen a dove? You know, as I was thinking last night about the message, it dawned on me, have anybody been to New York City, downtown Manhattan or Chicago, where like, there's like tons of confusion and noise and just a million things going on at once? You know something? I don't recall ever seeing a dove in those inner city settings 
but you can find plenty of pigeons. And pigeons, we, you could go on it, there could be a whole message about it. And there's a book, if you want to read it, look it up, Google it. But the bottom line is, the Holy Spirit has emotions, okay? Now here's another thing. Did you know that in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it talks about having communion with the Holy Ghost, okay? And, he, and, and the Bible says that all of us are to have communion with the Holy Ghost. Now, communion doesn't mean like we come up here and eat of the bread and drink of the juice, okay, to remind us of the death of Jesus. In that verse, communion's talking about fellowship, friendship, and intimate relationship. That's what we're all to have. And guys, I'm telling you, just this morning, it's been impressed upon me that you know what? How many of you can look around and see empty seats that used to have people that were walking with God, on fire for God, tuned in and plugged into God, and they're nowhere to be seen. And unfortunately, they've what we call backslidden, and they've fallen away. And you want me to tell you something that just really God impressed me more strongly than ever? You want me to tell you in probably every one of those instances, one leading cause, maybe not the only, but one leading cause is because they failed to maintain an intimate relationship, a passionate relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you. And, and as I begin to teach and say some things here going forward about the roles of the Holy Spirit, what are the roles of the Holy Spirit? What is he to be to us and do for us? As you find these things, it's, it's, it's not hard to understand how people can fall away in this world with all that we encounter, with all the, the battles, with all the blows, with all the disappointments, with all the day-to-day -day grind. It, it, how many of you know, I'm just being honest, I've said it before, I didn't have any problems until I got saved. That's the God's honest truth. I didn't. I was young, but I had no problems. I really did. I hadn't lived long enough to experience them because I, I didn't reap my harvest because I was sowing plenty of bad seeds. They just hadn't grown yet. But I'm telling you, it's hard. It can be hard. And the Bible through and through says that. Don't, don't be surprised, you know, with all the trials and the afflictions. Many are the afflictions of the righteous and so on and so forth. Now, let me say this. Every person who is saved has had the Holy Spirit involved in that. You can't be saved apart from the Holy Spirit. You can't be changed. You can't be born again. You, you just can't. You can't be baptized into the body of Christ apart from the Holy Spirit, right? He's the one that does the changing. He's the one that makes you a new creature. Well, let me tell you something. So he's involved in every person's life. And how many of you know you have to be born again to go to heaven? You can't do it. It's impossible otherwise. Pastor addressed it a couple weeks ago. How many of you know you don't have to speak in other tongues to go to heaven? You don't have to be filled with the Spirit to go to heaven. Did you know that? Or the thief on the cross was in trouble. And, and, and others that died on their deathbed and prayed and asked Jesus to forgive them. So you see, it's it, it, not necessary. But here's what I want you to understand. The Lord showed me this a long time ago. You know, how many of you have ever dated... 
probably everybody here, right, at one time or another, unless you're too young. But we've all dated, right? Now, when you date someone, I dated my wife, okay? And while I was dating her, she had an influence and an impact on my life as to what I would do, how late I would stay, how this, that, and the other, where I'd go. You know what I'm saying, okay? How many of you agree if you date, that other person has a certain degree of influence in your life? Can I get a witness? When you get married, they have an even greater impact and influence on your life. Hopefully for the good, right? Amen? They can do for you way more than they can do for you just dating. If you're living scripturally, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so here's what I want you to understand. It was the same person that I dated, that I married, but a world of difference in the relationship we have. Once we made that connection and went, went that next step and went that next level. Now see guys, that's exactly what it is with the Holy Ghost. You can have the Holy Ghost in your life, but you might just be dating him. And he wants more than that. You want more than that. You just don't know it. Because he's got so much more to offer you. And the things that he does for you now, dating, he can do so much better if you just enter into that intimate relationship with him. You see what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, that's why, without a doubt, how many of you know this? You can be married and it not be an intimate marriage. You can be married and committed and have a lousy relationship. Now, God doesn't want that, and it don't have to be that, because I'm going to tell you something. Divorce never, ever crosses the mind of a couple who have a deep, intimate, passionate relationship. Divorce doesn't even enter the picture. When does it enter the picture? When it's cold, separated, not intimate, that's when divorce gets set up for, right? How about backsliding? When does backsliding happen? When things are intimate and passion and close and, and what it should be? Nope. It's the other. It's when we allow things to distance us from our partner, the Holy Spirit, and we're not having an intimate, passionate, close, daily relationship with Him to where He's imperative. He's not an option. He's imperative to my ongoing relationship with the Father. You see that? Now, with that being said, let's, let's do this. And, and I said before I made mention of John, um, John 14, 16. And it says where Jesus said it's expedient. In the Amplified Bible, it said, it's to your advantage that I leave. Because if I leave, I will give you another comforter, helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. That's in the Amplified. And the Amplified can be pretty good because, it, you know, just like with that, it amplifies it a whole lot more than just a comforter. He wants to be way more than a comforter to you. But you see, if you're not closely, intimately related in relationship with him, when you need comfort and you're not comforted, 
you go through that long enough, you know what happens? Something gives. Something breaks. Something just don't stay together. And that's the same way it is with, with the different roles. I want to I just go down through here and uh, tell you the roles that he plays. Now, here's something that's interesting that I don't know if you ever realized or not. Jesus said, when I leave, I'm going to give you another comforter. So see, here's what I'm going to say in a nutshell. What Jesus was to his disciples during his earthly ministry, that's what the Holy Spirit is to us today. The exact same thing. Everything that Jesus was to his disciples, the Holy Spirit is to us only on a better level because the Holy Spirit's not limited to a physical body. Right? So what, what, what all did Jesus do for his disciples? Well, the Lord is my shepherd. He led them. All they did was have to follow Jesus. If Jesus said, we're going to Capernaum, they just went to Capernaum. If he says, hey, I'm going up on a mountain and we're going to pray for three days, they just followed him. He led them. And the Bible says that the Spirit will lead us. He will lead us and guide us into all truth. Okay? Now see, again, if you got an intimate relationship with him and you're not far apart, you're going to be led a whole lot better. You know what I'm saying? Okay? He comforts us. Obviously, that's self-explanatory enough. I'm going to give you another comforter. Jesus was a comforter. The Holy Ghost is a comforter. He'll comfort you. He empowers us. That's a big one. Did you know Jesus, he, he delegated authority to his disciples. He sent them out, and he gave them power to heal diseases and to cast out devils. And they come back, and they were ecstatic. They couldn't believe it. They thought, Jesus... You know what, what happened when I prayed and used your name? Devils come out. They listened to me. See, and, and you can read it all through the scripture. The disciples had the authority and the power to use in the name of Jesus. And they did it. And they saw marvelous, wonderful things. But you know what? I hope I don't get ahead of myself. There's a greater level than that. Is the name of Jesus high? Oh, yeah. It's great. It's powerful. It's the name above every name. But I want to tell you something, those same disciples that had that and used that and witnessed what that would bring, Jesus on the day of Pentecost said, you know what, I command you, you don't leave that upper room until the Holy Ghost comes down and fills you. He commanded them because he knew that they was going to need a notch up of power to accomplish what needed to be done. The name of Jesus was great and powerful, but I want to tell you something, that's like going into a jungle with a 22 rifle or an elephant gun. Which one are you taking? I'm going to take the elephant gun because I'm more equipped. I got more gunpowder, okay, or whatever. So listen to this. Jesus, the Bible says, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Did you know that Jesus didn't begin his public ministry? He was 30 years old when it's officially recorded. And it was at the time when the Holy Spirit fell upon him in the River Jordan. Once he was baptized or empowered or filled with the Holy Ghost, that's when his ministry took off and began. Now that tells us something. What does that tell us? It tells us it's important what we're talking about here. This is not just a light subject. This isn't just something that you might just want to flippantly consider whether you need a more of. We all need more of. Amen. Amen. 
We really do. Because it's the same Holy Ghost. Why do you think he says, the works that I do shall you do also because I go to the Father? Well, what's that got to do with it? Because until Jesus left this earth and went to the Father and completed redemption, the Holy Spirit couldn't come inside us and dwell in us as he did Jesus to enable us to do the works of Jesus. Right? Okay. So the Holy Ghost empowers. He teaches. How many of you know Jesus was the master teacher? Right? No one can dispute that. Well, the Holy Ghost is our teacher. And you know, it's good to have a great, it's great to have a good teacher, you know, to teach you things that you don't know because he knows all things. Right? And all you got to do is just plug into him and learn to listen and he'll teach you things that you could never learn on your own. You, you don't have to learn through hard knocks. You can learn through wisdom through the Holy Ghost. Okay? Another thing, he strengthens us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So see, Christ strengthens me, but so does the Holy Ghost. He strengthens me. He prays for me. He prays for me and he prays through me. And so is Jesus. Did you know he's at the Father's right hand making intercession for us today? Jesus never stops praying for us. Isn't that good to know? I mean, if, if no one else is praying for you, I got news for you. Somebody is. Amen. Jesus is. And the Holy Ghost, of course, in, in Romans 8, he prays through us, bypasses our limitations, and he prays the supernatural, perfect will of God. So you see, that's, that's part of what he does for us. I don't know about you, but man, that's good to have a good prayer partner. And he's about as good as he gets. Amen. He helps us. The Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what the Lord, what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, 6. Did you know the Holy Ghost will help you? Help you with what? Help you with whatever you need help with. It doesn't matter. If you're in a bind, if you're in a valley, if you're in a pit, if you're in a pickle, he can get you out. He knows the way to get you out. He can get the right person to you to get you out. He can help you. You're never beyond help. You're never beyond hope. Not as long as you got him. Okay? He's our counselor. That's another one of his names. Did you know Jesus was a counselor? Mighty God, Prince of Peace, counselor, the Christmas scripture. Well, guess what? The Holy Ghost is a counselor. He's the ultimate guidance counselor. You know, in school we have guidance counselors. We used to. I imagine they, they probably need them more now than ever, right? But let me tell you, he is the ultimate guidance counselor. He can counsel you and tell you precisely what to do and what not to do. But if you're a mile apart from him, you ain't going to hear what he's saying. You don't understand what I'm saying? You've you got to be close to understand and receive that counsel. Okay? Another thing, he's our advocate, the Amplified Bible says. What does that mean? That's like a lawyer. Okay? That's like if you ever have had to go to court for anything, how many of you know it's smart to take along a professional? <laughs> Amen? That knows how it works. That knows what to say and what not to say. Okay? Big difference. And how many of you know what Jesus said, hey, when you're brought before magistrates and all these councils and everything, don't premeditate what you're going to say. You don't have to figure it out. The Holy Ghost in that minute, in that hour, will give you what to say, how to say it. He will if you're close connected. I'm telling you guys, hopefully everybody's experienced a taste of some of this stuff 
And I just want to tell you today, we ought to be experiencing a bigger taste of this stuff. Right? All of us. I don't care where you're at. There's still room for you to go. <laughs> Amen? Okay, none of us have arrived. All right. Now, let's, uh, let's flip the switch and let me do this. Let me begin to liken, or I mean the scripture actually likens the Holy Ghost to some other things that helps us, again, better understand who he is and what he wants to do. Did you know in John, it talks about he's, he's um, likened unto living waters. The Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters, and this spake he of the Spirit. Okay? Now, I know what you're thinking. Some of us look like we're more Spirit-filled than others, right? Out of our belly? Hello? Anybody get that? You guys are... That's not how it's measured, okay? You can't tell how much Holy Ghost you got by your waistline, okay? But I'm telling you, Jesus did say, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, why would he liken the Holy Ghost to water? Well, maybe because, did you know that you and I can live many, many days without food, but you can't live too many days without water? It's a necessity, it's an essential for existence, okay? If you're, if you're dehydrated, eventually you're going to be dead. And how about in the spiritual? Isn't every natural thing a flip of the spiritual? Can't we liken and see a spiritual truth with every natural example? Why does people backslide? Why do people die spiritually? Because they're dehydrated. I'm telling you, it's one of the reasons. And, and, and the thing about water is, um, how about the cleansing? How many of you guys took showers here this morning or baths? Okay, hopefully everybody, without it, guess what? I don't care who you are, where you come from, you don't take a bath for a week, B.O. is going to be your best friend. Am I right? You need water for hygiene. Can I tell you something? You need the Holy Ghost for spiritual hygiene. If you aren't closely connected to him and experiencing his cleansing on a regular basis, You're going to stink. You're going to spiritually stink. And guys, I know that it's kind of funny, but I'm telling you, how many of you know it's important to keep good, proper hygiene? Physically, if you don't, who knows what's going to set up camp on your body, right? Disease and bugs and who knows what else. Keep clean, um, physically and spiritually. Now, how about water? Did you know... One of the primary things that the, that the scripture shows about the Holy Spirit is you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost. Has anybody ever seen Hoover Dam out in Arizona? I did a few years back. I don't know, five years ago, something like that. Amazing. And they say that the Hoover Dam, and it's so huge, and I forget how many millions of gallons cross over it every day to generate power. Okay? And that's windmills, you know, with water creates power. Water can be a powerful force. You go down to Houston, or yeah, where, you know, all the devastation of the floods. Water is an incredible force when you get floods and flash floods and all that stuff. How about another one? Fire. He's likened, Jesus said, or I'm sorry, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but here's one coming after me who shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. 
Fire. What does fire do? Fire can, I tell you, there, there's some different things. Let me just make sure I kind of stay in line here. How about purity? Talking about cleansiness and hygiene. How many of you know fire, you put gold in fire, what's it do? It purifies. How many of you know that that's what God wants to do, the Holy Spirit, to do through us? To purify us, to cleanse us. How many of you know that just the, if, if somebody's having problem dealing with sin and temptation, you want me to tell you what the real problem is? They don't have a close enough relationship to the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says, if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. How do you mortify the deeds of the body? Through the Spirit. Through the fire, through the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll purge that stuff. That stuff can't stay. Hay and stubble can't stay in the presence of fire. Right? And sin can't stay in the presence of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is present and, 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 and present as he wants to be and needs to be, sin ain't no problem. What else does fire do? Fire can reap some devastating results in short periods of time. You've read about and seen about the wildfires. How about Gatlinburg? You know what? In just a matter of hours, it looked like Gatlinburg was going to be gone. It was just burning, consuming fast. Do you know what? How many of you believe that that's the way God wants the church to be in the earth today? He wants us to consume, to burn, to be hot, to just quench. I mean, not quench, but just ravage and destroy the kingdom of darkness and everything in its path. That's what the Holy Ghost, what do you think the book of Acts, what do you think was happening there? They were allowing the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn through them. And fire will give light and darkness right when there's darkness and confusion you light a match in the room and it may be totally dark but one little match can light up that whole room and give you clarity and direction and that's the same way the holy ghost he can just be a little sliver just a little match and that's what god can use to illuminate you and to to show you what you need to see and you can't see otherwise right so fire how about again power does fire provide power? Well, there's people that heat their whole house with wood-burning furnaces, right? That provides power, of course. The old trains in the old days, they used to put coal in there in the fire, and that's what made the train run from one coast to the other. Lots of power. So you see, the Holy Ghost, that's one thing that's really emphatic, that he can provide plenty of power for you and for anyone that you come in contact with. That needs it. Amen? Is it all right? Okay. How about wind? Jesus said, you know, so is every, the wind blows where it listeth and you can't tell where it comes or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. It's like, it likens the Holy Ghost to wind. Well, wind's a force, isn't it? We, we use wind, windmills. You see these big towers nowadays out in the country. All over. You know, it produces power. Wind does. You know what else wind does? How about on a hot 100-degree day and ain't no breeze going at all, and all of a sudden you get a 30-mile-an-hour wind? How many of you know that can be refreshing, right? How many of you know you may need the refreshing of the Holy Ghost in your life? It's why you're so hot, tired, and irritable, you know? 
I'm telling you, makes a big difference when you're refreshed, when you're cool. How about going back to water? How many of you on a hot summer day and you're parched with thirst, you get a big old glass of water and drink it down? Oh, it refreshes you. Or you're hot as all get out, you jump in the shower, a nice cold shower, you feel refreshed. Unless you're in the Philippines, first time I went there with pastor, you, you'd be sweating, it'd be 110 degrees at 8 o'clock in the morning, and you'd go in and get a shower and dry off, and before you had a chance to sit down, you're, you're all covered again in sweat. You know, but a cold, refreshing shower, what does that do for us? It changes the way we feel, right? Okay, how about, you know what else wind will do? It retards stagnation. I live on a 14-acre pond, lake, whatever you want to call it, and you know what? They treat it for algae in that. But one important thing, you go to a river that doesn't have any flow to it, no movement, it's just stagnant. You know what? Nothing can live there. And that's the same way with us. How many of us, our lives are stagnant spiritually? It can happen. And you know what? You know how to solve that? Just get a little wind blowing. Just get a little Holy Ghost wind blowing and refreshing. And you know what? You, you'll feel like a whole different person. And you can go on. How about, let's go to another one. Oil. Did you know, I got a scripture verse here. Uh, 1 Samuel 16, 13. It says, Samuel took the horn of oil and he used it to anoint David. And from the day that Samuel anointed David with oil, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. From the day... The oil was symbolic. And you, you guys, you realize that the anointing oil that we pray, you know, used to anoint people with oil, that's in a large way symbolic of the Holy Spirit, okay? What about oil? What, what's, what, how could we liken the importance of oil to our Christian life? You may tell you something, I'm not a mechanic, don't know much about cars. But I know one thing, you better keep oil in it. Because if you don't keep oil in it, the friction... It's going to get so hot that that motor is going to get ruined, right? It offsets all of the friction, all of the heat, all of the pressure. Does that make sense to anybody here in life? How many of you need a little oil in your life? With all the friction, with all the heat, with all the, that's going on. Another thing, how about back in the old, or I mean back in the Bible days where they had wineskins, right and they kept that was like their canteens and you know what happened according to what you read is you would have to oil those wine skins to keep them from getting dry and cracking because if they got dry and crack what's going to happen to what you put in it it's going to all leak out same way folks why do you think people backslide because they've done all this all that was in them leaked out you need the Holy Ghost to keep you oiled up and to keep you, to keep you going. Amen? Here's one. Ephesians 5.18. The Bible says, don't, I'm not going to turn there. Don't be drunk with wine, whereas in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, Pastor Phyllis, I remember years ago, taught on this, that verse. Remember? On be filled with the Spirit. She don't remember. I remember. Boy, that's pretty bad. But you did, and, and, and she made some really good points in that. And one of the things is that the word filled there in the Greek 
doesn't just mean filled one time. You know, I filled up my gas tank in my car two weeks ago, but guess what? That ain't good enough for today because it needs filled up again. You know what I'm saying? And that Greek word carries with it the idea, be filled and refilled. Refilled, replenished with the Holy Ghost. How many of you guys only ever got drunk once in your life? Probably, maybe a few, but a lot of you, you'd go out one weekend and get drunk, and the next weekend you was back at it again. Why isn't it that way with the Holy Ghost? It ain't just a one-time happening. Okay? You don't just fill your gas tank in your car one time. Because if you do, <laughs> that car ain't going to get you very far. Right? It's a continual replenishing and refilling. Now, why do you suppose that the Scripture compares the Holy Ghost, being drunk in the Holy Ghost, intoxicated in the Holy Ghost, to being intoxicated with alcohol? Well, if you just stop and think just real quick, what is somebody that's drunk out of their mind? Do they have any cares or worries at that moment? Why do you think they drink and get drunk? Right? You heard the story. They go in and they go to the bar and they got a million problems and they leave them all behind for a few hours. Right? They drink their problems away. Really? No, they don't. But you know what? During that moment, while they are filled with alcohol and intoxicated, you could go in there and tell them, say, John, your house just burnt down and your daughter wrecked your new car you just bought trying to go get help. And you'd say, it'll be all right. You used to drink. You just admitted it this morning. Now, so did I, and I forgot my drunken accent, so I can't really put that on for you, but you all know how the, the person that's drunk sound, right? When they talk, they sound like they got still half the beer in their mouth when they're talking, right? You know, you've been there and heard them. Well, that's what a person would say. Well, it'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Don't get upset. It ain't a big thing. It's all good. Right? How many of you know? See, while you're drunk, you can handle that better. That's why there's so many drunks. Let's be honest. That's why there's so many drunks. Because it relieves them from the stress and the pressure for a while, not realizing that once they're over that drunk, their stress and their pressure level just went up. Right? It's still there more than ever. So, if you're drunk in the Holy Ghost, Nikki's message a couple weeks ago. Let me tell you, the secret to living that message is being intoxicated in the Holy Ghost. God showed me that last night. And, and how many of you was here to hear that? That Pastor Phil, he gets the news that your job's just been terminated, that he had for 20-some years probably. And what would, did Nicole use as an example? She was there with Philip, I guess when the news broke. And what was Philip's response? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God's got something taking me to the next level, and he's got something better. Well, guess what? If you're not intoxicated, you ain't going to respond that way. Hello. How many of you guys used to drink? And probably, well, guys and girls. And the more alcohol you got in you, the bolder you got. Right? You would say things and do things that you would never even dream of doing if you was sober. Maybe we ought to get drunk in the Holy Ghost and do some things and say some things 
that we ain't saying and doing. You know? And I mean, guys, I think, are worse than this than girls. You, you get so much alcohol in you, and you can whoop anybody. Man, you'll go up to the biggest, meanest, ugliest, strongest guy in the bar, and in your mind, I can take him. I, and your friend's trying to pull you back and say, you know, you don't know who that guy is. He, he's the ultimate fighting championship guy. So, I don't care. I can take him. Right, Randy? I can take him. I got this. Right? You, you're, you got a boldness that comes on you that you wouldn't have if you wasn't intoxicated. How about if you're intoxicating the Holy Ghost? You might be bold as a lion like the Bible says you should be. You know what I'm saying? Another thing. Let me tell you what else alcohol will do. Let's say you go ahead and you get yourself in that fight with that ultimate fighting champion. And you get an eye gouged out. You get your nose broken, flattened, and you lose your two front teeth. And you go in the restroom and your friend's telling you, oh my God, you are messed up. We got to get you to the hospital. Remember, you're intoxicated. I don't feel nothing. It'll be okay. You look in the mirror and you say, I still got one good eye. I still got plenty more of where them two front teeth came from. That's only two teeth. I still got a lot more left. Right? What does it do? What, you ever been there? Alcohol stunts and puts out the pain and the misery at the time. Right? Until you wake up the next morning and then you feel a whole lot of pain. <laughs> a whole lot different. But I'm telling you, if you're intoxicated in the Holy Ghost, when the devil is throwing everything at you, every demon from hell's taking his shot at you, they're stomping you, they're kicking you, they're, they're wailing on you. Anybody ever been there, done that? At the end of the day, man, you get ready for bed and you think, oh, I, I, I don't know if I can make it to bed. I have been, I've had a day from hell. But, and I mean, it's just like all hell breaks loose. Anybody ever been there and done that? And you know what? I don't know about you, but I, can, I just recently, just a few weeks ago, had one of them days, one of them weeks. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm done. I can't do it no more. I can't fight no more. I am spent. And then you know what? Sorrow can last for the night. But when you wake up in the morning, joy can come if you let it. The Holy Ghost can refresh and replenish and, and just refill, and it'll all be all right. Have anybody been there? i just been there recently. It's, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. You go from one degree to the next morning, it's all good. And, and it's only by the Holy Ghost. Amen? So do you think we need more of him? My goodness. Now, let's just real quickly talk about this, about tongues we all know that usually tongues and the holy ghost go hand in hand right because that's when a person's speaking with tongues it's because i asked eric to bring me up a cup and a water and this is so simple guys you know why tongues come out when you get filled up because now the cup's filled you know it now, going back to Phyllis's message that I remember that she don't, you can be filled and you go through day-to-day -day life and you get bounced around and, you know, you give somebody a sip 
And then, you know, the devil hits you from this side. And before you know it, your cup's half empty. All you got to do is just refill. That's all you got to do is refill. But you know the problem with a lot of us? We ain't refilling. And when you don't refill, it's not good. It's not good. Because an empty cup ain't no good if you're needing a drink. You know what I'm saying? So, tongues (laughs) is powerful. And let me tell you real quick, because we only got a few minutes. What's the purpose of speaking in tongues? So that you can say you're better than the Christians in the Baptist church? So that you can say you're better than the person next to you that doesn't have the Holy Ghost and doesn't speak in other tongues? What's the purpose of speaking in other tongues? Well, there's different reasons. And, and that's where I think a lot of people don't do it because they don't realize how important it is. Number one, it builds you up, right? Praying in the Spirit will do for you spiritually what working out at Richard's gym will do for you physically. Amen. It will get you in shape. It will get you cut. It will get you in tune. It will get you spiritually. It will, you'll be, you can run a spiritual marathon. You'll be so in tune and in touch. The Bible says in Jude 20, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's exactly what it does. And then another thing is it, it's praying direct line to God. Okay? Well, another thing is it gives you boldness. We already talked about the boldness factor. You want me to tell you, if you have a problem with being bold, you just need the Holy Ghost. You just need more of the Holy Ghost. Because Peter wasn't very bold in the Garden of Gethsemane. When they come to take Jesus away, he denied him three times. But you read over in the second book of Acts, and they were threatening him, and Peter didn't care. He just stood up and he rebuked them. And he said, you wicked generation, you slain Jesus, the Son of God. He was so bold. And it talks about the persecuted church in the book of Acts. It says they were threatened. They were beaten probably to within an inch of their life. And you know what? They spake boldly because they were filled with the Holy Ghost. So the more Holy Ghost you got, the bolder you'll be. Okay? Just simple. The more the Holy Ghost that you allow to, to work through you and you devote yourself to the stronger you're going to be spiritually and the more sensitive you're going to be spiritually. When you're praying, you're praying directly to God. I don't know about you, but I ain't got no time to waste. Every minute is important in my life, unfortunately. But it still is right at this moment. Okay? So I don't have time to be wasting time. And that's what a lot of people think you're doing when you're praying in tongues is you're just wasting time. That's the furthest thing from the truth. You're making the best of your time that you could possibly make. Because you're praying the direct, perfect will of God to pass. Because the Spirit knows the mind of God. And when you give yourself to Him and allow Him to use your mouth together, great things can happen. Right? The ability to speak in other tongues can take you to new dimensions of worship. You know, you get in some of these worship services here. How many of you know they can be really good? I mean really good. If you get tuned in and plugged in... Can I tell you something? There's another level you can go in the Spirit. You can, you can sing with the understanding, but you can also sing with the Spirit. Amen? And, and, and just like with going back to prayer, Romans 8.26 says, we don't know how we should pray as we ought. Well, we do in some things, obviously, right? You know how to pray over food? 
You know how to pray the prayer of faith for the sick? There's certain things we all should know how to pray for, but how many of you in this room know every time exactly how to pray? I'll answer that. Nobody. But the Holy Ghost. And so, again, he can pray for you and through you. And you might tell you another thing I missed. Mysteries. Did you know the Bible says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God? Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Have you ever wondered what those mysteries are? The mystery of where God came from? No, that's not a mystery. God has always been. The mysteries that apply to your life, I believe. There's mysteries that God has drawn up for your life. I know the thoughts. God said, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. But you know the problem too many times? We don't. We don't. We don't know those mysteries. And Dave Roberson wrote a book, Walking in the Spirit, I believe, or something like that. And her whole book deals with that. That as we pray in the Spirit, when it's designated, now Pastor Wednesday night talked about the different usages of tongues if you was here. And if you wasn't, you could go back and listen to that, and that would be good to do. But this particular one, when you're praying the mysteries of God, then you pray for the interpretation. Guess what? I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get wrap up. 1 Corinthians 2.9. How many of you know the verse where it says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God's prepared for those who love him? Right? How many of you, like me, for many, many, many years thought, that's talking about heaven? And I believe it is. I believe heaven is going to be beyond your wildest imagination. There's nothing that you could imagine to compare to heaven. But you know, let me tell you, if you look at that in context, that ain't talking about heaven. That's talking about here and now. That's talking about it hasn't entered into the heart or the mind of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. He has a plan for your life. He's got a plan for my life. And you know what? It talks about even in that, you need to go home and read that, 1 Corinthians 2, not chapter 2, because it talks about the Spirit praying mysteries. It, it mentions mysteries again there in that chapter, and it's coinciding with you pray the mysteries of God relating to your life. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up here because it's time. Pastor wanted me to have people come forward who wanted to be prayed for who have not been filled with the Holy Ghost, or I'm going to add to that and, and, and we're, I believe we'll just dismiss, if that's okay, the rest. But if you're here today and you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? And again, what happened on that cup? When that cup was filled, what happened? Something happened. It ran over. It overflowed. And I believe that it's very easy to just accept the fact that when the Spirit fills you, Guess what? There's nothing left, and he keeps filling. Guess what's coming out? There's going to be tongues spilling out and over. And I remember with myself, nearly 40 years ago, here's the thing, that when, when I got saved, I got saved in a little country gospel church, full gospel church. I was raised in a Methodist church my whole life. I never saw a hand raised, never heard a hallelujah, never heard a thank you, Jesus, in my whole life. Then I go to this crazy country church, and I'm seeing all kinds of things that I'm thinking, I didn't know this went on. And I get saved miraculously, powerfully, unbelievably, boom. God spoke to the pastor, trying to change his message. I get saved. And then you know what my thought is? Okay, God, I'm so grateful and thankful I'm saved. Now get me out of here. I really did. I thought, I am grateful and thankful for what just happened, but move me on because I ain't comfortable here. 
But you know what? One week after I got saved, I went to the church that Sunday night. And they used to always have everybody, it was a little country church, come forward and pray. So I went forward and prayed. I was excited, man. I got my life transformed legitimately. And I'm down there praying, and there's this lady about three foot away from me. And she's praying something that I had no clue what she was saying. I thought, well, she must be from China, evidently. And I look over at her, and, and she was just a little old widow woman. Rose Shadley was her name. And I know she's been gone, went to be with Jesus. There's a few people here that went to the church I went to that probably remember who she was. And I looked over at her, and I thought, what is she doing? And I, I couldn't tell what was going on, but boy, the glow and the look on her face was like heavenly. I'm just telling you. And I went back and I asked that night, I said, so what, what, was, what was that all about? Oh, she was just speaking in tongues. She's just filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And God is my witness. I went home and I said, God, I don't have a clue what that is, but if it gets me closer to you, I'm all in. And I meant it. Now, that, I'm sorry, that was the night I got saved. The, the night, I went to the Sunday night after I got saved that morning, and I saw that. And all that week, I said, God, I want more of you. I want all of you. I want all of you that there can be. And you know what? Just being honest, that very next night, one week after I got saved, they had people coming down. I didn't ask to be prayed for to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Didn't ask to it for it. But the pastor and a few of the other elders come over, and they just laid their hands on me, started praying for me. They didn't give me no instructions. They just started praying. And boy, after I do remember 38 years later, I remember somebody said, just empty yourself so God can fill it. I remember that 38 years ago. And that was my key to, I guess, receiving. I just emptied myself right there at that altar. And I just emptied myself of praise to God, thanked him for delivering me from hell and writing my name in heaven. And that he was connected to me. And I had finally peace that drugs couldn't give you, I finally had peace. I was thankful, and I emptied myself, and there just came a point where I guess I just consciously, purposefully shut down English, but yet didn't shut my mouth, and boy, did it flow. It flowed. And then I thought, well, I can't wait till the next time that happens. <laughs> Nobody told me. Once you get it, you got it. You can turn it on. How many of you can pray anytime you want? If you want to pray right now, we can stop on a dime and pray. If you want to pray in your car going home, you can pray. Well, guess what? If you can pray in with your understanding anytime, you can pray in the spirit at any time. You just release and just yield, okay? Boy, too bad we ain't got more time, but you know what? We're out. Now, again, for everybody who would like to be prayed for, who's never received the unfilling or needs refilled, I guess let's just open up a gas station up here and just you know offer refilling and uh i don't know how to do this go ahead everybody stand to your feet and we will just go ahead and we're going to pray and if you need to go go if you need to stay stay and then we'll just have some altar workers down here and we'll just pray and and we'll just give you some basic instructions and just you know it's good taste and see that it's good you may say, you look at something on the table and say, I ain't eating that. That don't look good. But you say, no, it's good. It's really good. Durian fruit. There's something in the Philippines that it stinks to high heaven. But it's got the sweetest, craziest, best taste. So maybe you're with tongues. Oh, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. 
I don't know about that. But you know what? Taste and see. And I'll tell you what, it tastes sweeter than honey. Amen? Amen. So do we got, yep, some people up here that can go ahead and just start playing. Let's dismiss in prayer. Father, we come in Jesus' name and we thank you, Lord, so, so very much. For, Father, the gift of the Holy Ghost. We thank you that Jesus made the way possible for us to have the indwelling Holy Spirit in our renewed vessels. In our born-again spirit, man, the Holy Ghost can live inside of us. Not just be upon us, but be inside of us and fill us. And God, we appreciate it. We praise you. We just, every one of us, God, we want more of you. I hope everybody can say that. We want more, God. More, 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 more. Father, we want just more influence of the Holy Ghost. More intimate relationship with the Holy Ghost. We want more of the Holy Ghost to be able to flow through us. Unclog our pipes, Lord. Unclog our lives. And let the Holy Ghost be able to flow unrestricted through us and for us. And Father, we just thank you for it. We're so grateful. We just praise you for your word. We thank you for the truths that your word relays to us. And Father, we just pray for anybody today that God desires to be filled and to experience this wonderful experience of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name.